everyone. My name is Maria Thomas, and I work for Allianz Research, the global team of economists, strategists, sector advisors, and foresight experts of the Allianz Group, led by Ludovic Subram. Welcome to Tomorrow, a podcast where we'll be talking about our latest analyses of economic and capital market developments, as well as our views on trends affecting risk management. Let's get started. Despite higher inflation, or perhaps precisely because of it, global insurance premiums are set to increase by 5.2% over the next decade, according to the latest Allianz Global Insurance Report. In this episode, we speak to Arne Holzhausen, Head of Insurance, Wealth and Trends Research, and Catherine Stoffel, Expert in Wealth Markets, about the outlook for the insurance industry in a turbulent time of high inflation and low growth. Hello, Arne and Catherine. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Maria. Yeah, hello, Maria. So can you first tell us how did the global insurance industry fare last year? Well, the insurance industry once again proved to be resilient. When we look at the total premium income, insurers collected nearly 5.6 trillion euros worldwide in life, PNC and health premiums, more than ever before. The increase over the previous year amounted to an estimated 4.9% which was exactly in line with the average growth rate of the past decade. Of course, it is important to note that in real terms, the picture looks less positive, as global inflation has doubled over the previous year to 8.6%. The three, excuse me, <clears throat> the three segments have performed very heterogeneously, though, while in the PNC sector, the pace of growth even accelerated over the previous year to a strong 8.7%, health expanded more modestly, namely by 4.9%. Life insurance increased by only 2.4% globally. This reflects the effect of squeezed real households incomes on private savings. What I also want to mention is that for a second year in a row, premium growth trade behind overall economic growth. So when we look at insurance penetration, which is the relation of premium income to GDP and measures the maturity of an insurance market, we see that it continued to fall further from 7.1% in 2020 to 6.6% last year. So were there any surprising developments in this year's edition? Yes, last year what was really surprised us was the strong performance of the U.S. market. If you just look at the additional premiums, the new premiums, more than half of them were written in the U.S. alone. True, last year was probably also marked by the weakness of other markets. Take, for example, China. There was this repeated lockdowns in 2022. Then there was a war in, in Europe. This was really impacting the European economy much stronger than the U.S. economy. So that was probably a year that also was easy for the U.S. to shine. But on the other hand, if you take a longer-term view, if you look at the whole decade, you can also see that the U.S. in fact managed to increase its global market share over the last 10 years. It's now 44% of all premiums. So it's almost every second euro written in insurance is written in the U.S. And this is, I think, quite a remarkable performance, quite a remarkable feat. So you always think of the U.S. as a declining superpower, but at least if it comes to insurance, the U.S. still rules the world. And how do you expect the environment of higher interest rates to affect the insurance industry going forward? 
Well, ultimately, high interest rates are good news for insurers. They make life insurance products more attractive for the consumer, while they support PNC profitability in the form of higher investment income. In the short term, though, PNC insurers face headwinds in the form of higher claims inflation, while life insurers have to compete with bank selling products becoming more attractive and face the risk of increasing lapse rates as well as the pressure on demand due to the cost of living crisis. We expect that interest rates are here to stay. This is why we have a constructive view on the life insurance industry. For Europe, we believe that we can now finally put the last last decade behind us and that the region should return to a, let's say, normal annual growth of 2.9% on average up to 2033. On a global scale, we expect total insurance premium income. That means life, PNC and health together to grow by 5.2% per year on average over the next decade and thus in line with general economic growth. This will lead to an additional premium income of almost 4.2 trillion euros, most of it in the life segment. Life as well as PNC premium growth are likely to lag well behind economic growth, while the health sector will outpace GDP growth. <coughs> Excuse me, I have to say it again. Life as well as PNC premium growth are likely to lag well behind economic growth, while the health sector will outpace GDP growth, reflecting the backlog demand in many markets. My last question is, you write in the report that the industry is facing a fundamental change in its business model in a context of new risks, while technology is also changing how insurers operate. Can you tell us more about this? Yes, for sure. I mean, in the end, I mean, what insurance does is number crunching. Insurance used to be a very number-heavy data-driven uh, business industry because we need all this data. We look in the empirical data to understand risks, to assess risk and price risk. And now, with all this digitalization, we have much more data, billions of new data points we can use for that. And add to the equation artificial intelligence. Now we have also much more powerful tools to crunch the data, to analyze the data. So this will really change how we underwrite our business, how we assess risks. We're going from assessing risks to more prediction of risks. And that will have a tremendous impact on the business model as well. But it's not only underwriting. I mean, how we access our customers, how we approach them. The customer experience will change. Claims handling will change. Take, for example, blockchain. It's now possible to do this claims handling almost in real time and with a high level of confidence. So this is all things that we really how we operate, how the industry uh, has the processes in place that will change dramatically beyond recognition over the next years. But even more important is also the question about how we approach the whole Trends of rising risk you can see it everywhere. Talk about net cats, talk about cyber, think about the geopolitical changes and shifts, think about the social uh, cracks in the social fabrics in rising uh, inequality and other tensions within the society. So if you look around, you have the impression and that all risks are rising, that there's a trend 
the tide of rising risks in, in the world. And this also poses some challenges for the insurance industry, for sure. We used to think that, well, to, to close these protection gaps, to make sure that everybody is uh, probably protected from these risks means just to gather more premiums so that people have an insurance policy in place. Sure, that's part of the story. But we have also to admit that even more uh, paying just more uh, paying higher premiums will not probably do the trick because we will then uh, reach the limit of insurability, the limit of affordability. So what we have to do is to, to go a step further from just financial compensation after the facts, trying to put some processes and advisory into place to avoid risks, to prevent risks in the first place, to mitigate the impact of these risks. So that is really a change from the business model, from beyond, uh, from, from financial compensation. If something has happened, to make sure that something does not happen, won't happen. And this is a big challenge the industry as a whole, but also society, stakeholders or stakeholders, governments face in the future because otherwise we will reach very soon, a point where many risks remain uninsurable. Okay, thank you very much, Arna and Catherine. Thank you. Thank you, Maria, and goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the full report we just spoke about on our website. We'll leave a link in the show notes. If you'd like to discover more of our research, you can also follow the Ludonomics newsletter on LinkedIn. We'll leave a link down below for that too. If you like the podcast, please send it to any of your friends who might like it too and leave us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. In the meantime, stay tuned for the next episode.